Welcome to Experiencing God's Goodness. My name is Michelle Corgett, and today I want to invite you to join me as we hear stories of how individuals have walked through some incredibly difficult times and found God waiting for them in the middle of their darkest hour. We will hear some awesome testimonies of how God has shown up time and time again in the lives of these individuals and how they have experienced God's goodness. I want to welcome Gloria to the podcast today. Gloria, I heard your story through a mom's group that I'm a mentor mom in, Mm -hmm. and it was just so powerful and so touching. And that's why I invited you to be on the podcast to share how you have experienced God's faithfulness throughout your life. And so why don't you go ahead and share with us where God has taken you (laughs) and where um, he probably still continues to lead and guide you. Absolutely. Well, the story that I shared, that that part of my story that I shared at Moms last year was something I had never shared in public, not in that large of a setting. Individually, maybe here and there, small groups. But it was really a story about uh, childhood trauma and how God uses everything in our lives, even the really what can be perceived as evil things for his glory, if we will surrender those things to him. And I think I was looking at a beauty from ashes. And so that was a story of childhood abuse, uh, trauma, etc. And when you asked me the other day, would you tell your story? And I'm like, absolutely. I, I'm really nervous. And that's okay. But I think it's important to share stories, share our story, and we all have different chapters and different seasons of our story. And so today, I really want to share more about what I, I, I'm referring to myself as the prodigal. And there's a lot of prodigal boys and girls out there, men and women, and that often is a part of our story, especially those of us, unfortunately, or whatever, that grew up in the church and then stepped away. And that is certainly part of my story. And I felt maybe to share part of that today. Well, that sounds wonderful. So why don't you go ahead and just tell us? I just want to say, I, I've heard three of your podcasts. I don't know, is that how many that's been? So far. So far. I've, okay, I've heard the three that's been out there. And they've all been so incredibly amazing and so incredibly different. And isn't that Fun. I that just is. loved it. Yeah. Again, everybody has their own story. Exactly. And it's all different. Exactly. And with Michaela, I walked away from that beautiful story and her humble heart with the power that she knows is in prayer. And that has really stayed with me since I heard it. Just the power of prayer and, you know. How easy, I mean, I kind of hate to say this, folks, but sometimes it's really easy to forget that. It is for me. And I just really have clung to that since I heard it. Power of prayer with Ruby. Okay, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm stuttering. I don't know what to say. The beautiful way God is using her and her story. And the, the, the thing that kind of stayed with me, our stories are very different, and yet the thing that's very much the same is I think she kept using the word relapse. She has this tendency to relapse. So do I. Back into myself, back into, you know, the phrase prone to wander. That's been my story. So I really, that word kind of leapt out of the 
phone as I was listening, relapsing. I, I get that. And then, of course, Nicole and her story of surrender that is continuing. And it's just a beautiful way God has used her and her family, um, I think, for all of us. And so all of those things, I think we see as God's unwavering faithfulness and goodness. I can certainly attest to that in my own life. I wanted to just say that all of us, you know, life is messy. And I don't care what stage you're in, it's just messy. For me, you know, you heard a story about child abuse. There's been a lot of abandonment in my, in my life. And all of those things play a role in some level. We try to pretend like it doesn't, but it does. And yet God's goodness and faithfulness overrides that every single time as we are surrendering those things to him. I think the thing that really keeps coming back to me as I listen to my, listen to my own story in my head and as I share it from time to time is how God continually pursues us and continually redeems us. And how he is so faithful to stay with us. And those three things just keep resonating for me. Again, it almost doesn't matter where, I'm, where I am. Those three things still pop up and resonate. And I, have to, I, I get the opportunity to relive them and rethink them and search them out in scripture. And yeah, so pursuing and the redeeming and the staying. So let me just share a little bit of what all that, that's just like, okay, my foundation. So this part of my story is about my prodigalness, my last major prodigalness, let's put it that way, because there were a few before this particular time. Okay, I was divorced again, and this was, so like, you know, 40 plus years ago, I was raising two children alone, and, you know, single moms, we rock. <laughs> you know, you do what you got to do, and you look back on it, and you're like, how in the world did I ever do that? I... My heart goes out to single moms, but I, that's what my life was. I had some really particular challenges at that time, little by little by little, and I was going to church, and I was super involved. If you know me at all, I get involved. I'm not a sit-on-the-bench kind of gal, so I was super involved, and yet little by little, I was, I was walking away. So then I found myself very much... I never know if this is the right phrase in the world. Is that, I, I, you know, I don't know who's going to hear this or if that's going to, what that means to you. But let's just say I was not a girl. I was not doing the church girl thing okay. at all. Okay. So however that looks and means to you in the world, I was very much there. And it, ha- it happens very subtly. Anyway, so I lived there for at least 15 years. The pursuit of the Holy Spirit I cannot even tell you how faithful he is. Even in it, even while I was going through it, I recognized it. Dreams, like literally in my dreams, I would have this recurring dream, especially with this neon highlight in the sky. Jesus is coming. The lights are flashing. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And I would wake up every time and say, not yet. I'm not ready. Please, not yet. That was a dream that occurred many times in those years. I saw his pursuit in life events. And I, I, I hesitate to almost say this, but for me, part of the tragedy of 9-11, 
I was not walking with Jesus, and yet all that day I was on the floor weeping to him for more time, for redemption, for salvation, for whatever, for all of these people. All day, all I did was cry on my face before God's throne, and I was not walking with Jesus at that time. And yet, what else can come to your mind? And that was a tool. That, that horrific thing was a tool in my own life. People, just people that, people from my past who would come and just, not even realizing they were ministering Jesus, but just staying in touch. You know, they didn't just like write me off, and I could have, and I would have understood that, but they didn't. They didn't preach. They didn't say, gee, Glow, you really need to be doing X, Y, or Z. They just loved me through those years. And then I think the bottom line, that straw, <laughs> was my mom's death. <clears throat> so I wasn't walking with Jesus, and my, my mom had been sick for a few months. She was young. She's younger than I am now. <laughs> she was like in her mid-60s. And the only thing that I could think of immediately was my mom's gone, and I, I, I wasn't in a place to pray for her. And that haunted me. Luckily, if you want to put it that way, my oldest son, I said something to him about that. I said, I didn't even get to pray with my own mom. He goes, Ma, I got that covered. I got that covered. Grandma and I talked, and we prayed, and she, you can be assured that she is in heaven. And so that, that was the catalyst that took me out of my stupor. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm like, okay, I know what to do. I want to go to a church. I need to go back to church, but I think I want to go to a church that doesn't preach Jesus a whole lot. I mean, you know, let's not, come on, we don't need to do that whole thing over again. I already, you know, so I looked at a couple that don't do that. And believe me, I didn't, I walked out before it was even started almost. I said to my husband, who is not a believer, I don't know how to say this to you and I don't quite know how to word it so that it will make any sense at all, but I need to go back to my roots. I need to find my roots, and I need to reconnect with Jesus. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I have no clue what that means, but still very supportive and went with me at every church I tried. You know, I made a list, and where do I go, Lord? Where do you want me to plug in? What do you have? And so I went to these, you know, I made my list, went to the churches on the list, and he went with me every single time. I just think that is so cool. And so after all that time, I just, the word, the second word that came to me was redeems. How he redeems us. And certainly, when we think of the story of the prodigal son, we see him coming up the road and the dad is waiting for him. Kills the calf and has a party. And I feel like that was exactly what happened in heaven. You know, he was just waiting for me to walk up that road and was just waiting with open and welcoming arms. And I think the thing that I like to also, how do I say this? A lot of people have this kind of story. And I know a lot of women, especially, who carry the guilt and the shame of those years and those actions and those attitudes a long, long, long time, so unnecessarily. And I just feel like he redeems us 
and then he is with us, and then he says, I paid that price. Walk away from the stain of your sin and walk away from the guilt and the shame because there is none with me. There is none. You know, we have regrets. That's one thing. But to carry that into shame and guilt, I don't think is where God wants us to live. We sing a song at our church, walking out of that grave. And I feel like, let's walk out, friends. Come on, ladies, let's get out of that thing. And let's just live in all of the the beauty and the oneness and the serenity and the peace that he died to give us. It doesn't matter what our past is. It's kind of my story story in this in this redemption of bringing me out of that uh, wilderness selfishness I'm still selfish by the way sorry (laughs) I'm still fighting the selfish thing but bringing me where we are today and he stays he stays I remember oh my goodness this was years ago women's bible study You know, I had probably been there for maybe two years. One of our amazing worship leaders was there with our ladies and just leading some worship live that that Tuesday morning. And now I can't remember the song. And it's a song we used to sing a lot, lot, lot. Everybody knows it. But but one one of the phrases was that he does not abandon us. He stays. And I heard that. Now, recall, I was raised in church. Listen, solid theology, not not good, solid, thankful, all of that. But for some reason, on that particular Tuesday morning, I almost crumbled with thanksgiving and almost unbelief. And I went to the worship leader later, and I'm like, could you just tell me exactly what song that is? And can we talk a minute about that? staying and not abandoning and how incredible that was for me. I'll, I'll never forget that moment. And so I just love how we can know that. And we can, we're still going to have, life is still messy. You know what? And it's going to be. And they, some days I deal with it better than other days. <laughs> but the fact remains, whether I'm dealing with it well or not, whether I am truly trusting in the moment or not, he does not turn his back. He does not look away. He does not walk away. He is, he stays. I think about that song. What's that song? Matthew West, A God Who Stays. I love that. We tend to walk away, but he does not. In all of that, so I have soapbox messages that I'm sure the ladies that I'm with would like me to find a new one. (laughs) But this is where I just keep coming back to. And that is, first of all, he, and we know this. It's like we already know this. These are not like new revelations. But sometimes they hit us differently like, aha, oh, oh, right. And that is he truly uses it all, all of it. So whether we are sharing that childhood trauma, if we're sharing the prodigal story, if we're sharing the messiness of divorce, the messiness of life, illness, or maybe even just the messiness that sometimes for my loved ones, I might lose hope. That's still 
in all of that, he uses that all. I am just so, 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 so thankful for that. As we surrender it, he uses it. And part of that is being willing to tell your story, right? Well, I know you're saying your soapbox messages, but <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you the part that is striking to me as you're talking is you're right. Some of the some of the concepts that God continues to mm-hmm. reveal, they're, they may not be new revelations, right. but he reveals them in a new way. That is so true. That is true. And he reveals them when we are ready to hear them and accept them, hopefully accept them. Right. Yeah. Like the idea that he never abandons us. Right. Yeah. There was that. You've been hearing that all of your life. Yes. But for some reason on that Tuesday morning. Yes. It became so real and so clear to you. Yeah. In a way that you'd never heard before. That is so true. And I've never forgotten it. Like that. That stuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And also, going back to how he uses it all, it's like no matter what, his forgiveness and grace is absolute. Absolute. Don't doubt it. You don't have to wonder about it. It's absolute and it's complete. Move on. <laughs> Move on to whatever he has next for you. Yes, there needs to be healing, perhaps. Yes, there needs to be. I'm not saying there's not things that need to... Maybe some work needs to be done in terms of, well, I don't know. I don't even want to go there because it, it's, it's very process. Thank you. That's it. Yes, there's going to be processing that needs to happen. And I think a lot of that, you know, in Christian language, you know, we use the transform, you know, transformation. We're being transformed as we're processing all of that and surrendering and moving more and more towards him and in him. But we can be absolutely sure the forgiveness is absolute and it's complete. I think we as believers, and and this is at every level, from the new believer to the person who's been walking with Christ for 60 years, is we have a choice to make. And our choice is about what do we tend to hold on to? Do we hold on to the shame of our mistakes? Or do we release those to him? Do we choose to move forward in our in our walk with him? Do we accept just the grace that he shows us? Do we accept the working that he wants to do in our lives and allow him ooh, allow him to to take control, to surrender over to him? Because I think we are all really good at being in control. <laughs> Well, we think we are, right? We, we think we are. <laughs> and that surrender, again, that is at every level. But it is a choice that we make in that daily walk. And yes, you're right. There's things that we have to process. There's things that we have to go through sometimes, some difficult times. And it's when God reveals himself. And sometimes in revealing himself, he has to reveal some of our weaknesses and failures in order to make us stronger, in order for us to weed out something in our lives. We all still are sinful. We all still struggle with that. Right. I was listening to actually a memorial service of my ex-pastor that I grew up with. And one of his kids talked from the stage and said, I asked my mom once if dad had ever sinned. <laughs> oh! How beautiful that a kid would even ask that, right? Right. 
But the fact is, the answer is yes, because we all continue to sin. It may not be something that the world goes, oh, you're such a hypocrite. It may be something very internal, very secret. You know, that's one thing about shame. Shame is usually what we don't talk about. It's the thing that we hide. I always put the analogy to that that piece of fruit <laughs> that is in the back, back of your, of your closet or whatever yeah. <laughs> that you forgot about. Actually, for me, it's not fruit. It's usually a tomato or broccoli. <laughs> and you end up bringing it out. And I'm just going to, not to gross anybody out. It's all right. Go for it. It ends up being totally gross and yeah. nasty and yeah. liquefied and yeah. hairy. and But it would have not gotten identified unless we brought it out into the light. And that is how the Lord works in our lives, to to rid us of that shame. He forces it out into the light sometimes. Yeah, and I think it might be easier to just pick the thing up and bring it out on your own, <laughs> rather than having him having to force it out. Certainly one of the things that I love to share with women as I have the opportunity is, is that very thing, that secret shame isn't going to go away. You can stick that thing back there and you can just try to forget it's there, but it is there. And by the way, it's going to grow there. Even in that dark place, it is growing. Uh, that shame is growing and it or that secret seems it's going to seem bigger and bigger and bigger until we are willing for light to shine on that thing. That's why I am passionate about women being in community. Women having women they trust know that they can share, bring some of that stuff out, and know that it's a safe place to do that. I'm passionate about small groups and one-on-one mentoring and just being allowed to say that thing. Just put it on the table, and then we'll see what happens to it and with it from there and how liberating that is. The other thing I wanted to talk about that you brought up a little bit, you didn't use this word, but I'm going to use a fancy Christian word, sanctification. Yes. I think for those who, if you don't know the Lord, again, that seems like a very Christianese word to use. How would you describe sanctification? That's too big for this girl. I don't know. No. (laughs) Honestly, the way I think about it is the word transformation. I think it is the word or the, the, the concept of process. I think that the day that we get Jesus for who he is, Messiah, Lord and Savior, King Jesus, is the beginning of a lifelong, quote unquote, sanctif- sanctification or processing or transformation. And I think the more that we surrender into that, because there's there's another side to there's another side and that is yes he isn't going to leave you he's not going to leave me he is not going to abandon me but i can tell you from my own life experience that yes i was walking with the lord i was saved that another christianese, christianese <laughs> you know there's no doubt in my mind but I began little by little, subtly, subtly, subtly getting lazy. And, and pretty soon that laziness got to uh, apathy. And then pretty soon, you know, I'm just like, 
where literally looking up and go where am I and how did I get here and I think one of the things that can happen on that side of what sanctification could and should be is little by little by little we've just walked away from it and I just want to say never say never friend don't ever say that'll never happen to you because that is a dangerous thing to say and a dangerous thing to think so I think sanctification is process processing. It's being transformed. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to do those things in our lives. Right now in our Bible study, we're talking a lot about the training of a believer. And whether, you know, we look at discipline. Sometimes we think of discipline as God, quote, punishing me. But I think it's for most of it, a healthier way to look at that is he's training us. He is training us. And there are so many beautiful tools that we have at our disposal as part of that training slash disciplining process. And I think in terms of being transformed, those things are really, really important to know and practice. I think there are some individuals out there who struggle with the idea that they think sanctification is a destination. And then they own guilt and shame because we haven't arrived I there. haven't arrived. And I think it's a really important remind, reminder to them that says it is a journey. It is a process. It is a transformation. It is something that we are becoming more Christ-like in that transformation. But you are never going to arrive on this side of heaven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's so important to to remember that and to not listen to the lie it's a lie that says but you're never going to be good enough that's true too but the way that we hear that and the way we process that is well then I might as well just give up no because every single day every single day that we are allowing our story to be told or we are allowing our story to be lived out or we are in the word or we, and I'm not talking two hours of study. Isn't that wonderful when we have time to do that? I love that. But you know what? That's not. He's not measuring the time that I'm doing that. He's not measuring the time that I'm praying. He's not measuring any of that. He's looking at my heart. And he's saying, gee, Glow, I can see that even in your imperfection, you desire to draw closer to me every day. I think that is... I think that's what he's looking for, hearts that want to draw closer. I'm terrible about remembering word-for-word word scripture or where you can find it or you know, any of that. But certainly we've seen, I think, in several places in the word that he's not looking for sacrifice. He's not looking for that bloodied bull on the altar. He's looking for my heart, my will, my willingness to, to be his and I think that's true. It's not a checklist. No. It's so much easier, though, if it is, right? It feels kind like of. it. Yeah. Especially for those of us who like checklists. Yes. I love writing my list out so I can check things off. Exactly. There's so much power in crossing <laughs> and off control. what you Let's go yes. back to the control word. <laughs> well... Gloria, I just want to say thank you for coming. This has been a delightful conversation and your testimony just continues to bless people at so many different levels. Again, it's letting the Holy Spirit just do what he does best and that is reveal himself. And so again, thank you for coming and 
if you had to speak to somebody who is just really struggling right now, they're in that place where they have walked away from the Lord. They're doing life on their own terms right now. They know the truth, but maybe they're feeling like, well, I'll get there someday. I'm just not, I'm just not there yet. What would you want them to know? One of the things that comes to mind is, remember when Paul said, do what I do? And I think we can have a tendency to think, whoa, well, I guess if you're Paul, you could say that. But, you know, I'm certainly not going to say that. But I think as believers who are seeking Jesus in our imperfective, you know, our imperfect way, we are seeking to follow Jesus. I think what I want to say to her or is, I, I, I deal with hers mostly, is do what I do. I'm here to tell you, friend, life is short, and it isn't going to get less messy. It's going to become more and more messy. And Jesus is the only way. He is the only answer. Certainly, and let me just say again, if that person has ever been a believer, they already know that. The Holy Spirit is pursuing them in that. I think that... Yeah, I just want them to know Jesus loves you where you are, right where you are. Don't clean yourself up. Don't think you have to clean yourself up to come to Jesus. He loves you where you are and accepts you where you are. I think that is enough to be said. We're so glad that you could join us for today's podcast. If you're interested in experiencing God's goodness in your own life, and you would like somebody to pray with you, there's a 24-hour hotline that you can call at 1-800-700-7000. There is somebody on the phone ready to talk to you so that you too can experience God's goodness.